Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode 28 of Sunday Scaries. Uh, basically a week hiatus. I was traveling uh, to Traverse City and back, and I was not able to put out a uh, an official Sunday Scaries. I was able to toss a Quarter Life Crisis podcast on that Wednesday at 4.45 a.m. So if you're having trouble with the morning routine, check it out. The 5 a.m. club, shameless plug by me. Anyway, here we are. We are episode 28. So this is the first time we get to have two guests on at the same time. Um, very fortunate to go across the pond once again to Miles and Bradley Jensen of Jensen & Jensen. We are Jensen. Uh, basically, they are a consulting agency for tons of businesses over in England, um, specifically around the digital space. Uh, so very excited to have them on. We talked through how, um, no, this was not their very first venture. Uh, they had to go through a lot of different um, you know, eggs, if you will, to make a nice omelet and so i'm gonna let them kind of talk through you know their experience on that end uh, twin brothers working together uh is something that i i really was interested in as well but i will turn it over to uh bradley and miles and we'll let you take it from here uh hey welcome to episode 28 of value the sun sunday scaries uh we once again have gone across the pond and we have miles and bradley jensen founders of jensen and jensen and i'm going to turn it over to both of you to just tell your story the company you created I'll let you guys do all the talking, so take it away. Sure. Well, well, thank you, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so yeah, I'm Miles Jensen. I'm one of the co-founders of Jensen & Jensen. Uh, we've been going for about 18 months. The business started uh, because we've had a number of ventures before. Uh, loads of them are kind of in the, in the business graveyard, so to speak, right now. And uh, we, we, we had a business called For Fork's Sake, which specialized in, in food marketing and such. And we just had loads of people come up to us and say, you know, we've seen the great stuff you've been doing across Leeds and the North. Uh, we're for folks' sake, we're really interested in you guys doing some marketing for us. And initially, we were a little bit hesitant. We were kind of like, look, unless you have a, a greasy burger truck, kind of swing your hook up wise. And then one person came, two, three, four. I think after the fifth person, you know, we're struggling to pay rent and we're kind of like, wait, hang on. <laughs> we're definitely missing a trick here. These people are willing to, willing to pay for our time and our ideas. Um, and, and naturally, that's where, where J&J was born, um, and primarily. So we're, we're a consultancy, first and foremost, um, but we have an agency kind of capability as well. So I'll kind of hand over to, to Brad to kind of double down on, on what I mean by that. Yeah, sure. So, um, so, so really for myself and Miles, I think the, the first thing that came about with Jensen Jensen was actually a real bit of an identity crisis in terms of actually understanding what is the business, you know, what, what is the service that we're actually looking to offer? A lot of people wanted to come uh, come and work with us and, and a lot of uh, businesses asked us to come and work with them um, purely just as a bit of a sounding board. That's kind of how it started off, you know, can we get your insights on kind of digital marketing? Can we get your insights on how, how can we make our business more social? And I think it really kind of stems from that initially. And that's really where we, the consultancy aspect of the business was birthed first of all. Then naturally off the back of that, there was a lot of capabilities and opportunities that actually after we had suggested a certain strategy or whether we suggested, you know, guys, actually we think long form YouTube content is going to be a great strategy for you guys. They said, okay, awesome. That's great. But, you know, do you know any videographers? And it's then, okay, cool. Actually, we can actually supply this end as well. And it's worked really, really well for us um, as a business where we've got to now is we've been able to really start with business from the grassroots level, help them, um, first of all, actually understanding their business, you know, asking a lot of probing questions that as a lot of founders and entrepreneurs, you are so focused on kind of your, your in the trenches. It's very, very hard to kind of take yourself outside of that. Um, and I think one really good thing 
thing with myself and Miles is actually because we don't specialize in any particular industry, it actually allows us to bring a lot of valuable insights from different industries, which otherwise would be either completely disregarded or just not even considered at all. Um, so really where we're able to come on board and help businesses from inception, you know, provide them with that strategy, provide them with an overall more of a holistic approach for their, their overall business. Um, and then we're able to actually help them execute that. Um, and we can provide them with the traditional agency services. So it's, it's a great model. Um, you know, our business is extremely fluid. We don't have people that work work for us full time. However, we essentially have a network of really, really talented freelancers that are pretty much working for us full time. <laughs> We're now supplying kind of 80, 80 to 90%. They're Avengers, right? They're yeah, Avengers. That's, that's amazing. You call them in and they, they, uh, they get the job done. <laughs> they, they, we call them in, they get the job done. And yeah, no, I, I think it's great. And we were able to build up that, essentially that roster of talent uh, through our previous ventures, ventures that have either worked or, or failed. Um, but it really gave us a, a good starting point to essentially see what these guys are capable of before moving them across onto, you know, J&J type work. I think for, for Brad and I, you know, we are, we're people's people. Uh, we love relationships. That's our biggest thing is relationship building. And this all happened really organically. And I think that's been testament to, to our kind of growth in the company is actually we haven't gone out, uh, you know, we never wanted to start an agency. That was, right, that was definitely the last <laughs> thing on our agenda. We were so against it. And naturally, we kind of fell into that role. Uh, and I think that's just because we spent so long building up meaningful relationships with people, uh, yeah, right. making sure that we were present, we were networking, like 12 months purely networking with, with the individuals we want to work with. Uh, and, you know, kind of 12 months later, that, that started to come full circle, which is, Really, really rewarding to see as a, as a business owner. You know, we, we, we've been through the trenches so many times. We've run and hit walls so many times. And now we're in a position where we don't run through the walls. We kind of go over the top or there's a secret <laughs> that we know how we, how we go through it. Um, so so that, that's a great position to be in. I think actually, particularly with what's happened with, you know, COVID and uncertainty across the world, um, we've really been able to kind of double down or focus on that. And the relationships we had with our clients prior actually meant that we didn't need to go out and try to find new work. It was more of a case of checking in with existing clients, mm. making sure that they're okay first and foremost, and, and naturally more work led from that. So yeah, you know, it touch wood. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's, been a great, it's been a great couple of months. Um, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to the kind of growth within the business. So that leads me to, I have two good follow-up questions to that because there are a few things that I found um, as good takeaways there. So number one, you both decided to keep everything on a very broad approach versus going niche. I think that in today's society, all you hear is got to go very niche. That's your only chance to be very, very narrow. What made you guys, you know, have the intestinal fortitude to stay broad versus going super niche? I yeah, think, sure. I mean, go on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want. I, I, so I, I think for us, the, the initial thing, and it comes back to Bradley's point, is we were never specialists in any particular field. We are, you know, we're not videographers, we're not developers, we're not animators, designers, or whatnot. So we had to really understand about how can we provide value not only to our clients, but also value to, to our suppliers, whoever we work with. Um, and we weren't able to really focus down on, on one particular market. So what that led to was actually us, first and foremost, really focusing on the consultancy aspect. 
saying that, look, this is what we're going to provide you. We're going to provide you with a very well-rounded opinion. There's two of us here. And actually, like Brad said, we're not specialists in any particular field. So there's a lot of insights that we can draw from that. And then from there, it was about providing our, our suppliers with, with regular work and whatnot. What we're finding now is we are slowly moving towards more kind of uh, niche sectors or whatnot. Uh, and we kind of, as a business, shaping towards where we want to be working. Um, but initially, I think, you know, we were kind of taking the work that came through. Mm. And a big thing for us is we only work with clients that one, we can really get behind and, and two, two, we get excited about. That's a, that's a huge thing for us. Um, and I think naturally, just by going out and essentially sampling a bit of everything, we kind of found the ones that worked for us, the ones that we generally enjoyed um, and, and the ones that we, we saw a lot of scale with. So to kind of answer the question, it was really difficult. And because you want to be niche initially, you know, everyone's telling you, you need to be niche. That's how you, that's how you become the specialist in your field. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of like, yeah, we don't really want to be pinned down to one particular sector. You know, we did that before with the food industry and it, 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 it didn't turn out the, the way that we wanted. You know, we had a lot of success, but it wasn't what we was, well, what we were expecting initially. And um, so I think you've got to be open-minded with, with, with that kind of stuff. And we understand that actually the landscape of social and digital is always changing. And we're in a very unique position in, in, you know, we're 25 years old. Our age group was kind of born into social, you know, the, 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 the kind of end, the end era of binary and, and coming into social and, and, and the internet and such. So we're in a very unique position that actually we grew up with this. This was adopted within us. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, expertise, a lot of knowledge that we can share to businesses that potentially could be quite stagnant in that. So actually, it's not about being limited. It's just about finding, you know, what kind of areas do you really enjoy and want to focus on? For us, it was consultation or consulting. Um, and that's what we've done. Uh, we primarily now work within professional services, um, tech and, and luxury. That's primarily where we work. But we've done, we've done a bit of everything. A little bit I mean, of everything, we've, right? <laughs> we've, done, we've done, you know, technical CAD drawings. We've done fashion designs. We've done events. We've done workshops. We've done so much different stuff and so many people like that's going to hinder you in the long run and actually we kind of think well no that kind of just adds to us as to us you know we kind of have a little bit of understanding in that so it's uh yeah it's a really weird one and i think not many people are used to young consultants when you think of consulting you think right kind of middle-aged oh, yeah. middle white guy 45 years oh, old, yeah, something like for that sure. that's what that's what you're expecting so i think you know to have two two young mixed race guys um, who are consultants, it's quite unheard of for, for a lot of businesses and they can get their back up initially. Um, but I think that's down to us to really showcase that we, one, we know what we're talking about. And actually there's a lot of value working with us. Like, I think that you mentioned something too, where a lot of people, they get to a point in their careers. I was just wondering if maybe Bradley can take this one of in the beginning, you got to, you have to do all the work that's thrown at you. Like that's just, that is what it is. Like you got to eat, you got to be able to, to provide, sure. it's how it goes. Right. When did you reach that moment where you could go, eh, you know what? We're not going to take that one. We're not passionate about that one. That one doesn't excite us. Like, if you want to kind of talk on that, because that's like a huge moment in any sure, business. Sure. Uh, and it's really, really interesting because that, that's a great question because actually that moment was actually a, a, lot, uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot sooner than we actually realized. Um, I think just to kind of backdate it a little bit, you know, for us, when we first started, even before Jensen & Jensen, when we were working for Fork's sake, we raised a small amount of investment for that platform. Um, so it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a huge amount, a small amount of investment to build essentially a discount platform. And actually 
what we realized and what we quickly ran into the biggest issue was we hadn't actually tested uh, the market and actually the market wasn't ready for it. And I think this is a, a big mistake and, and it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs were starting out is actually you end up kind of focusing on this one I have a very romantic idea of a revenue machine that this is definitely going to work. You end up falling in love with that and really putting all of your eggs into that one basket. And I think for myself, Miles, where we were building that, a competitor came along at the same time. They actually launched and then they were nowhere to be seen within two months. So actually for us, it was a very clear indicator. That the saved you. They saved you almost. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, they definitely did. But I think definitely for did. us as well, what was really interesting was that actually we had to generate revenue and we had to end up testing a number of different revenue streams. So we tried a subscription model, we tried a influencer model, we tried you know, a content marketing package, um, and then we ended up doing an events model. And the events model was actually the one that stuck. Um, that was the one that was generating the most cash. And I think you know, in terms of getting to that point where you can start rejecting work, you have to try everything. And mm. when you have capital behind you, it doesn't really, force you to go out and try a revenue model that's going to work mm. you know you put money into something whereas if you don't have that capital there actually for us we stress tested it and then it ended up ended up becoming our most profitable revenue model and actually the one that required the least amount of work so for us, that was a really, really interesting point i think to answer your question in terms of where do, when do we get to that point of being able to say actually you know what guys we're not gonna be able to take it on is i actually don't think there ever is a point where you're completely comfortable in terms of that, because actually, mm. especially within the agency kind of ecosystem, it is very much, unless you have signed retainers on mm. six, 12 months, you still very much is paycheck to paycheck. Yes, of course, you can be earning a lot more, but actually at the same time, it's still very, it's, you know, it's peaks and troughs all of the time. I, I, I think also it's an internal question. I think it's an internal yeah, question for yourself in, you know, why, and we had, we had a very frank conversation with ourselves and um, just before lockdown happened, really about why, why have we set this business up? What, 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 what do we want? And, you know, for us, it was about being able to spend more time with family and with friends, having that, that freedom of being able to work remotely, et cetera. And actually, it's very easy to get caught up in, yes, I'm, you know, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing business in or whatnot. But actually, you know, are you still doing the same thing that you're doing in a nine to five in terms of are you still kind of slave to the to, to, to those hours, those working hours. So I think for us, it was, it was a question of, okay, do we, want to, do we want to be working, you know, seven days a week, 365 days a year? Is that really what we want to be doing? Probably not. So we had to be very rigid in terms of actually pulling in practices to ensure that we were actually monitoring one of the clients that were coming in and the work that we're doing. We're also managing the, the amount of time we're spending on these projects. You know, it's very easy to, to sign a client for, for a, large, a large fee, but if you're working on that one project for six to 12 months, when actually there's another client who's signed mm. for a similar fee and it's only a four week window, that's where we really had to, to look into that. And for, for Brad and I, a large part of our role is not only the, the consulting, but once we pass that, it moves on to project management. And for us, it's about really giving the suppliers that we're working with, really giving them kind of autonomy over their roles, giving them more ownership, more responsibility, and actually allowing them to take more leads and a, and a more leadership position on, on, turn, on certain clients or projects that may come through, which allow Brady and I to step back, um, which, is, which is where we're getting at now. And I think we're now in a position of actually we really value our time. 
you know, we're trying to reduce our client load massively. Uh, we want to work with probably three clients by the end of this year. Um, and we're slowly getting there. And it's difficult. You know, you never want to say no to clients. You never want to say no to businesses, particularly when it's your, when it's your name on the door as well. Um, but I think actually that in turn, works almost to your favor it's almost almost feels like a bit of a bit of a club like oh my gosh they, they said no <laughs> to me which is quite weird it's, it's it's quite weird um so yeah you know there's never a right time but i think once you're in a position financially to, to cover you know your expenditure your, your bills your rent whatever that is then i think it's about looking internally you know what is it that you actually want from this you know do you want to be mm. working seven days a week or do you want to be working it's the 80 20 rule, you know, 80% profits for 20% work compared to the other way around. It feels nice. good to know though, as well. Yeah, I'm about to say, especially think about where you went from when you started, where you would have said yes to anybody that was walking by you on a street. Every, everyone <laughs> and anyone. Oh my gosh. And I think as well, I think it feels good to say no, not for the sake of just saying no, but actually because either you know that the value that you're going to bring either isn't going to be appreciated or vice versa, that actually you're not the right person for, for the role, mm. uh, which mm. has happened to us a couple of times. You know, we've even off the back of uh, referrals, so we don't do any outbound marketing, uh, we, we don't do any paid advertising, nothing, we've never done anything like that. All of our leads have come through word of mouth or referrals um, or just 100% organic. And the one that we had a lead come through a, a month ago and it came through a very, very, one of our, one of our great clients recommended us to this other client and you know sung our praise and the guy was like look i want to work for you guys how do you make it happen and we then had to turn around and say look you know we're actually not the right people for you you know even though we'd love to mm. come on board you know exciting project great budget we're not the right people for you um and actually there's i feel there's a lot more value in actually doing that because like miles said it's, it's a boomerang effect they will come back around and they will remember that uh, whereas you know there's a ton of other agencies that will just snap at that opportunity mm and then deliver some kind of mediocre-ish uh, deliverables. So yeah, it's, it, it does feel good to say no, and be in position to you. That's, that's the You're a bit of a villain, <laughs> as a villain. Let's, let's, as a villain. let's check it in six months and see what we're still saying no. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> we can start, man. <laughs> so I, I was taking a look at your guys' website and it was a, an impressive list of, of people that you have worked for or with however you want to define that. I don't, I don't like all the clients and things like that that you guys have taken on. And so I think that you have a pretty unique perspective on what it's like to see businesses start and, and grow and build. And so I'm just curious in your eyes, you know, in the year 2020, is it like the easiest time ever to start a company or is it the hardest? Because I feel like easier because of all like everything that's at your fingertips, but harder because everything I feel is so saturated now even this podcast, like, you know, there's probably like 19 podcasts called quarter life crisis. I haven't like looked into it, but I would assume that this is like super saturated. Like what are you guys' thoughts on how easy or hard it is to start a business in 2020? Yeah. You know what? That's really interesting because, uh, I'd say it's essentially yes and no. And I, I, the reason yeah, that's, the reason what, that's what I think yes no is I've actually started another company. So during, during lockdown, I started another company. It's a fitness brand called, called my fit plug. Um, and essentially what, what we do is we, we sell on Amazon. Um, and, and that was very, very quite difficult to set up. Whereas when we look at agencies and I think, you know, speak about agencies in particular, the issue of agencies is there is no barrier to entry. And this what makes it so saturated. And this actually what gives it quite a negative connotation, quite a negative reputation for agencies, you know, being overpriced, you know, poor quality and actually just 
just focused on, on essentially closing the client, getting the cash in. And I think because of that, you know, during this, this period of time in 2020, yes, it's very, very easy to set that up. Um, you know, like, like I said, there's no barriers to entry. You can knock up a website on, on Squarespace, on Wix, you know, relatively easy. You can then get in a couple freelancers, you know, or just completely outsource to five people per hour. And essentially you have almost an agency as such. You can start offering out services. Um, so I think, yes, it's very easy to set up a business, but I think it's more, more so, you know, People, once again, startup life has been extremely glamorized, extremely oh. romanticized. People think that, you know, you, you set up a business, you know, you get your Instagram page, you get all of your branding done, and that's it, you're, you're off to go. And I think really any advice or anything I recommend to anyone is do what myself and Miles did. We spent 12 months marketing, networking, and this was purely on the basis we were still working part-time, but we were going to so many other networking events, just completely making sure that we got ourselves out there so that when we essentially did say, look, we're open for business, that we already had essentially a bit of a, uh, a flood of, of customers that knew who we were uh, and already considered us as potentially agency partners or whatever it may mm. be. But I do think, I think 2020 is, is, is definitely a great time to set up a business regardless. I think maybe not even a fully fledged business but definitely a great time to set up a side hustle um and i think that's me yeah. in, in terms of you know taking those baby steps before trying to set up something you know now, for a lot of our friends as well we've been we've been kind of doing this now for kind of over four years um but obviously the, the kind of first two three years are completely disregarded <laughs> so we're trying to get to this everyone year. only I don't, anyone only remembers the current state where it's like 2019 was incredible and no one remembers yeah, like yeah, yeah. those first three or four <laughs> And I, I just think, I just think, you know, building, building up that, 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 that general resilience, building up that, that network and also understanding yourself as an individual, uh, you know, that, that time that we spend, you know, either in between jobs or, you know, starting up new companies is honestly the most important time ever. Um, actually it allows us to make those mistakes. It allows us to understand what we do like, what we don't like, what we're good at. Um, and I think a lot of people feel, Unfortunately, due to social as well, there's a huge amount of pressure that, mm. especially within this the the coronavirus window as such, that if they haven't set something up, you know, kind of coming into August September, that they've completely failed and, and they missed the boat in their mind. But, yeah, exactly. I think I think that's the problem. I think everyone always asks a question. You know, when's a good time to set up a business? There's never a good or a bad time. That 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 that's just it. You know, if if you have a hobby and it's starting to make some revenue, then double down on that and focus that and that could create something. If not, and you want to go cold, uh, kind of like we did and just go straight into it, put in the time and have the commitment and then you'll, you'll have your own answer. There, there's never a good or a bad time to, to set up a business. It's just about what works for you. And whether you think, you know, the market going full circle back to Brad's point about for Fort sake, whether you, whatever you're going to launch is the market ready for it. You know, don't, don't jump into, something two feet if, if you're if you're unsure you haven't mm. done your research i think right now particularly in the uk you know loads of people on furlough and whatnot that's that's a big topic but i think furlough allows an opportunity for you to earn money from existing company and and you can't do any work so actually there's a great time now to potentially do that research get those accreditations on from, from google whatever it may be then, then that's great but to answer your question, there's no good or bad time to ever set up a business. It's a question you've got to ask yourself. Is it something I want to do? Am I going to still be at this three weeks, three months, three years down the line? Because most people 
love the idea until you know they go back to work for a week and they're like, actually no you know i can't really be bothered so if you if you think you've got the resilience to do it and the tenacity to to, to do it then 100 go for it nice the way kind of how i got connected with bradley is i did a podcast with claudia cardinale from the grad Soch. And great. she's Claudia's amazing. Great. She's like, I, she's, she's like LinkedIn famous now. It, as well, that's right? Yeah. That's, that's what I was talking about. Like the reason, the reason I got connected with her is because me and her are the only people on LinkedIn for whatever reason, using the hashtag quarter life crisis. And we of got course. together. Yeah. And we got together. And so she was like one of my favorite people I've ever, I've ever interviewed. And so I was just kind of curious on the two of you, like what your takes would be on the whole quarter life crisis. And I'll just kind of lay out what I think about it and kind of hear what you guys are thinking about it too. Sure. You take a step back and you go, is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Like you look at like, what is my purpose in the world? And the two of you are like right in the sweet spot of like you're in like the quarter life area of your life. And so I was just kind of curious what you've seen from your friends or family, even yourselves around that potential quarter life crisis. When I was younger, I... I, the role that I've fallen into, I never even knew existed. I, I never even knew that. Uh, and, you know, there was no way that I could have envisioned uh, where we are today. Um, and, and, you know, Sean, even even down to six months ago, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought that we are going to be where we are today. I think in terms of kind of moving forward throughout our life and kind of where we're at now, you know, being 25 is a bit of a milestone. I think kind of taking it back to my point earlier, you know, the start of people's careers is often really messy. Uh, you know, it's non-linear. Uh, and I really think, you know, spending that time finding out what you want to do is extremely valuable. I think one thing that I learned um, was actually if there's anything that you need to be good at in life, it's about really trying to be good at two things and having those two things are interconnected somehow. But then also understanding that, you know, a rare amount of talent is better than nothing at all. You know, it's exciting. Um, and I think that's where for myself miles we realized that actually we had a quite quite a, a, an innate rare skill set of being able to like miles said be quite charismatic be able to speak to people and that was what was very exciting for us and i think for me it was about understanding how far can this take us mm. <laughs> how far how far can the talking take us you know and um it's, it's been really really interesting i think that it's always difficult because like i said earlier when you when you are working within a business when you are essentially as myself and miles the the middlemen you know managing all of our team our suppliers but also managing all of our client expectations it's very very difficult to kind of take that step back and, and really look at actually where you are on a grand grand scheme of things you know the majority of our clients are kind of doubled our age um, and then most most of the the freelancers and suppliers we work with are kind of a little bit younger than us so it's it's really really weird beyond having to take that step back I think uh, the best advice that I could give anyone, um, just the harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm. I, th I, think, I think that's it, you know, opportunities will come, uh, but you know, it's met with preparation, um, a little bit of resilience. And like I said, just, just a tiny bit of talent, not a huge amount, just, just a tiny, <laughs> tiny bit of talent, and that's all it is. And, and, and just, just, just to add to that as well, you know, I think for, for us, when we look at, you know, our immediate family, um, you know, our, our dad was a consultant, my, my older brother, um, he, he now owns his own company. He set his business up at, at 30. Um, so I think for us, you know, we've kind of been surrounded by, by people that have either done entrepreneurial things or, or, or really kind of pushed themselves out there when, when the kind of cards were against them. And I think even when I look at my personal career, you know, 
at school i left i left my i left school with with bde the best day ever those, those a level grades ended up going to university you know didn't really like university that much left university with a 2 2 and and now i'm doing something which i i love more than anything you know it's it's i'm far far further along than I ever anticipated i would be and and the reason is because we've remained solely authentic to ourselves and and made sure that actually we've we put relationships above everything else you know we've made sure that actually we stay true to ourselves we we never sell any clients anything they don't need that's not that's not in our game mm. for us it's about the relationships and naturally from that we've been able to to birth a business that we didn't even know existed you know we we didn't even know we we were capable of doing this and i think there's this real blueprint that everyone kind of who's younger maybe 18 19 20 there's this blueprint that you think you have to follow you know go to school or college finish go to university go to a placement year finish get a graduate job or whatnot it doesn't need to be like that at all i think you know if you have a understanding of what you want to do or what you enjoy for me when i left school i enjoyed business i enjoyed art marketing seemed like a really obvious choice so if you kind of have an understanding of what you enjoy then i th- i think that's good enough to to start with you know there there's the 25 years old you know yeah quarter, quarter life as such but at the same time some people only start at 30 and you know there there's no better time to to start than now you know the mm. best time to start was yesterday so I think loads of people get kind of caught up and, and like Brady mentioned earlier about the social entrepreneurship, graduate, finishing universities being so glamorized that it is not real in, in terms of that isn't real. You know, your experience is your experience and, and stay true to that. Don't base it off anyone else's experience because it, it, it probably won't happen for you. Uh, you know, you can only do, you're only as good as your last performance and such. So I think people don't don't get so caught up on on, you know, the whole, I need to finish university and go get this graduate job or whatever it is. Go out there, go, go add to yourself. I think as long as you're spending time contributing more towards yourself, make yourself a more rounded, well-rounded person, then, you know, you'll pick up interpersonal skills along the way. And those can be really, really valuable. And actually in terms of interviews, the amount of interviews that, that, that we've done, uh, either hiring or gone for jobs, everything outside of university is 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 what actually counts it's about mm. what experiences do you have outside of university and you know a friend of mine says that you know your degrees is, is what gets your your foot in the door but the conversation is actually what gets you the handshake so it's all about what what else have you done outside of that don't get so caught up on on this kind of blueprint that you think you need to follow because you find out most of those people they get to 30 35 and they're really unhappy so make just do what makes you happy and follow that. And if you do something well, you're passionate about it, and you're able to to create revenue out of that, then fantastic. You've already you've already hit the mark. You know, what, just just to add on to the the interview element as well, because I think this is a big thing that you know a lot of graduates, a lot of people that when they're going for jobs, get get really kind of uh, disgruntled and disheartened. Um, because actually, you know, they, they had this idea that this company or this particular role uh, was, was for them. And when they go, actually, the interview didn't go the way. It's really interesting because, you know, it's the paradox of recruitment. You know, it's, it's being made to look like it's fair, methodical, you know, rigorous. Yet they always apply the same criteria to everyone, which means often, more often than not, the results and the candidates that they get back are always the same. Uh, and I think that was something that I learned luckily a lot earlier than later that actually you know these companies they have a very very rigorous recruitment process so actually i'm probably not even going to be able to fit into that company anyway Um, and i do think that you know where we are today as well 
learning that uh, from an early age and also understanding that our success isn't actually due to us as individuals. It's due to the, the culmination of all the ideas, all of the businesses that we have had uh, across the last kind of four or five years. Mm. That's what's got us to this one point. So it's not, it's not to be deterred by the kind of one action of not getting that one particular job or the one particular company not working. Success is going to be the culmination of all of those ideas, all of those ventures, once aggregated. Uh, so, yeah. I love it. Well, as our, as, our, as our timer runs out here, I do want to just wrap this up with a few last things. So if you guys could both just let us know where we can engage with you, like what socials you guys interact with the most, um, what your, your ads are, we'll put it at the bottom of the screen somewhere. Uh, we can start with Miles and then we'll go with Bradley. For sure. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. So that's Miles Jensen. That's M-I-L-E-S. Then J-E-N-S-E-N. And then socials. Uh, I'm not I'm actually not on social. I've been I've been doing it at Social Cleanse. So uh, <laughs> oh, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. A, so you might feel great about yourself, actually. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, well, I've been getting this urge to re-download Instagram, but you know, it's Twitter. Twitter's the one I've been missing the most. But um, yeah, awesome. socials, li- li- LinkedIn primarily, um, or, or feel free to, to email me at miles at jensenjensen.co. Perfect, Bradley. Uh, and yeah, same same with me, Bradley Jensen on LinkedIn. Um, you can find us on Instagram at we are Jensen. Um, and then once again, I've emailed us, drop us a, a, a phone call or send a, a paper pigeon to us. However you want to get in contact, get in contact. A paper pigeon. That seems to be the best way, right? Right, right now, I mean, I don't, I don't know if uh, a pigeon, you know, bringing the COVID around is, uh, is probably the yeah. best plan. So we'll, we'll put that, we'll put that one in the back further. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to say, I want to, yeah, right. Just yeah, that, the pigeons go straight to Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to thank you both a ton. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, this whole thing for me has just been about finding very unique people that you know are, are finding their passions and and are doing the things that make them happy in the world. And I can just tell from interacting with the two of you that you guys are doing that. But like we said before, you didn't just, you know, start off like this. Like there are, there's a process that you have to work through that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't get, they just see the end result, which is the two of you right now. They see all the marvelous books, Miles, and they just, they don't realize well, you know, they, they, yeah, where they, they came don't. from. But I want to thank uh, you both, man. I, I, I truly appreciate you guys coming on here a, a lot. And hopefully down the road, you know, we'll have you back on and we'll kind of see the growth even more of the company 100 percent. for sure no, no i think it's a great thing that you're doing sean so yeah thanks so much for having us thank you all right well enjoy the rest of your sunday and we'll be talking soon cheers, cheers. see you guys right so once again i want to thank uh bradley and miles for coming on the podcast uh to see just a couple of 25 year olds talking the way that you guys talk about business is, is pretty inspiring. I think that for anybody out there that's looking to start a business, uh, like we talked about on the podcast, like you're just, you're just never too late, whether it's a full-on business, a side hobby, uh, a podcast like I am doing, like everybody has that opportunity right now, especially in 2020. And so I want to thank them for coming on. And just more importantly, I'm excited to have them on down the road to see how much bigger they get uh, because these two are destined for some great things. I'm excited to be back here doing uh, this whole podcast because it's just something that, you know, is probably more for me than it is for anybody else and I think that's why it works so well so thank you again to the two of you for coming on to everybody else stay healthy stay distanced and welcome to the valley of the sun